Hello, my name is Arshul Bowden. I'd like to welcome you to episode 6 of the Wi-Fi for Beginners podcast. This is a series of podcasts where we discuss the fundamentals of wireless LAN networking. In each episode, we'll take a look at a different aspect of Wi-Fi networking to help build your understanding and knowledge of wireless LAN networks. Uh, with each episode, I'll supply a set of slides where you can uh, review some of the topics that we've covered in this episode in a little bit more depth don't need to actually uh, review the slides as we're working through the audio presentation, but they may prove useful once you've listened to the podcast and want to review some of the concepts and the equipment that we've described. All of the recordings and supporting materials can be found at the website, which is wififorbeginners.com. In the previous two episodes, we've been covering Module 2 of our series. Uh, Module 2 covers the uh, fundamentals of RF theory. We've been looking at some radio frequency basics which are essential to understand when you're learning about wireless LAN networking and certainly when you need to design wireless LAN networks. In the previous episode we looked at the basic unit of frequency measurement which is Hertz, spelt H-E-R-T-Z, and Hertz is defined as one cycle per second. We looked at various multipliers which you can use with these units. We've got 1000 Hertz is 1 kilohertz, 1 million hertz, 1 megahertz, 1000 million hertz, 1 gigahertz. And we also talked about the fact that Wi-Fi networks operate in the 2.4 and 5 gigahertz frequency range. We also talked about the radio frequency spectrum, and we talked about the way that spectrum is divided up into a number of bands, including low frequency band, medium frequency band, uh, shortwave band, VHF, UHF, and SHF bands. And we also discussed the typical uses of each band. We also finished off by covering three very important RF concepts. We talked about coverage areas, which is the area which is covered by a signal transmitted by a transmitting station. We talked about propagation, which is the movement of an RF signal from the transmitter to the receiver. And we also discussed the concept of modulation, where we actually imprint data that we wish to convey on our RF signal between a transmitter and receiver. So, following on from the concepts of propagation, modulation and coverage areas, just want to talk about another radio frequency behaviour, uh, which I think is very useful when considering how radio frequency signals travel between a transmitter and receiver. Uh, I like to call this the light bulb moment, and it's a good analogy to consider and to keep in mind when we're thinking about the way uh, wireless LAN signals are propagated uh, around a room and around a building. So um, the analogy goes something like this. Instead of considering a wireless access point suspended from a ceiling, you can think of a light bulb instead suspended from the same point on the ceiling. could be something like a carbon filament bulb that's sitting there glowing away. It's been switched on and you can see the light around the room. The light travels in many different directions around the room and depending on how close to the light bulb or how far away from the light bulb you are dictates the um, amount of light, the amount of signal if you like you see from the light bulb and RF signals operate in exactly the same way. Similarly the amount of light we see from the light bulb depends on whether we have a clear line of sight to the light bulb. If you imagine you're sat behind an obstruction, you still get light from the light bulb but it's not as good quality and the level of light received uh, is not as high. Exactly the same principles apply to uh, wireless LAN radio frequency signals. If you're not in line of sight, you're behind obstructions, you're not going to get such a good quality of signal or higher received signal level. Uh, also we can think about different surfaces that reflect 
light such as metallic surfaces and in the same way radio frequency signals will be reflected off metallic surfaces within a room which will impact the quality of the radio frequency signals that are received. The area where this analogy tends to break down is obviously we can't see light through walls and, uh, and most obstructions uh, whereas radio frequency signals do actually uh, penetrate and pass through obstacles such as walls but in, in general terms the, the analogy uh, is, is very good it's very much about having line of sight, clear line of vision and uh, proximity to the uh, light source or the RF source uh, in order to get a good quality signal and if we continue to compare a light source with a radio frequency source uh, from a wireless LAN network we can consider um, when thinking about walls and other obstructions uh, light may well pass through obstructions such as smoked or frosted glass and we can still see the light on the other side of the obstruction with RF signals, walls uh, and other solid obstructions act in a similar way uh, to, as light to smoked glass we can think of RF signals to walls we will still see them on the other side of the wall but they're going to be significantly reduced significantly uh, lower quality. Another aspect to consider uh, with RF is that as the frequency gets higher the uh, signal is less likely uh, to pass through obstructions. It's getting more and more uh, like light as the frequency uh, rises uh, and this is has a very practical impact within wireless LANs. Signals operating in the 2.4 GHz band operate at a lower frequency than those in the 5 GHz band and so they will pass through obstructions uh, slightly better than signals up in the 5 GHz band and so they do actually appear to propagate over uh, greater distances than 5 GHz signals. So we've covered a few key concepts there just to uh, go over those again. We've got the reflection of RF signals and we need to bear in mind that RF signals like light signals uh, will be reflected off metallic surfaces and this is a consideration when we're placing things like wireless access points. We've also covered the concept of attenuation that as signals pass through obstructions they actually lose some of their energy and they're reduced in their signal level so as signals pass through things like office walls, doors, trees, their signal level will reduce as they pass through each obstruction. There's also another key concept we talked about in a roundabout way. Uh, we talked about the way that RF signals travel through space between the transmitter and receiver and the further away that we get from the transmitter with our receiver the lower the signal level uh, that we receive. And this concept of signal level uh, degrading and reducing over distance is actually known as free space loss. So RF signals naturally received at a lower level the further we move away from the transmitter. Uh, but this reduction in signal level is actually um, actually occurs in a predictable manner. We can actually predict it using a mathematical formula uh, over a particular distance. We can accurately predict what loss we will experience as we move away from the transmitter. And this whole concept uh, is known as free space loss. Very important concept that we'll uh, talk about many more times later in this series. Earlier in this episode we talked about the concept of radio frequency bands. We talked about things like the long wave band, the uh, medium wave band, short wave band, VHF, UHF, and they all occupy different parts of the radio frequency spectrum. When we're talking about wireless LANs specifically, we're talking about Wi-Fi networks, we tend not to talk in those terms. We tend to talk just about the 2.4 gigahertz band and the 5 gigahertz bands. These are 
two bands which are used solely for wireless LAN networking. So what do we mean by a band? A band is a range of frequencies that we can use for wireless LAN networks. So for instance in the 2.4 gigahertz band we might consider uh, the frequency range from 2.412 gigahertz up to 2.462 gigahertz. That range of frequencies is the range of frequencies we can use in the 2.4 gigahertz band. And similarly there's a whole range of frequencies we can use in the 5 gigahertz band for wireless LAN networks as well. Each of the bands that we use occupies a very wide range of frequencies uh, and we don't actually use the entire range of frequencies each time we transmit uh, with a, a wireless LAN uh, access point or a wireless LAN client. What we do is we break the band down into smaller chunks of frequency which are called channels and typically in uh, wireless LAN networking we have a channel width of 20 megahertz so we will have a number of 20 megahertz channels which fit within a band. And one thing to consider about the Wi-Fi band, so that's the 2.4 gigahertz band and the 5 gigahertz band, these are what we call unlicensed frequencies. Unlicensed means that they are free to use, anyone to, can use them, they don't need to purchase a license from a local regulatory authority to use those frequencies. Anybody who has got the right equipment can actually use those uh, Wi-Fi bands for anything they like. So this means that the uh, bands which are used for wireless LANs, the 2.4 and the 5 gigahertz bands, they're actually used by other services as well. So for instance we've got Bluetooth devices, we've got things like baby monitors, we've got radar systems, we've got things like security cameras, they're all using these unlicensed frequency bands for other services and they're operating on exactly the same frequencies as the wireless LAN networks that we're deploying. Uh, we need to be aware of these and we need to understand how to detect and to engineer around these coexisting services. Just briefly looking at the 2.4 and 5 gigahertz band in a little bit more detail, the 2.4 gigahertz band was originally the most popular band. Uh, it had the lowest cost of components. Because of the slightly lower frequency of the 2.4 gigahertz band, signals tended to travel slightly further. It had better penetration through obstructions. And in early wireless LAN networks, coverage was the main concern. So it was all about getting signals to go as far as they could. And 2.4 gigahertz band lent itself to this uh, a little bit more than the 5 gigahertz band. Unfortunately, because of the popularity of wireless LANs, the number of devices on that band and other uh, services such as the ones we talked about before, we've got microwave ovens and security systems, all these other things. Because of that, 2.4 gigahertz is actually now starting to become considered a little bit of a junk band. There's so much on there now because it's all unlicensed. Anybody can use it for all these different purposes. It's actually getting a little bit too noisy. And when you've got, uh, you know, mission critical systems that you want to deploy on there, it's not as reliable and it's starting to become. Uh, you know, a little bit of a second-class service compared to 5 gigahertz band. Uh, also, the thing that was its benefit originally with the, the better penetration through walls and better distance coverage is actually now actually works against it because you've got neighbours who are on the same frequency band. You're more likely to have interference from neighbouring networks that can easily get through the obstructions between buildings. When we consider the 5 gigahertz band, that is now tending to become the default band to deploy all of your important services onto. It's growing in 
popularity very quickly now. It's got far less noise on the band because there aren't so many of the competing services. There's not so many devices that have been manufactured to work on the 5 gigahertz band apart from wireless LAN uh, equipment. There's far less interference from neighbouring networks because 5 gigahertz doesn't travel quite as well. It doesn't get through walls quite as well so there's less interference from neighbouring networks. And one thing to note about 5 gigahertz as well is that it is the only band which is supported by the latest 802.11 amendment. We've got 802.11 AC which you may well have heard of which is the gigabit Wi-Fi standard. That is only supported on the 5 gigahertz band. There's no support for 2.4 gigahertz within that standard. So that just shows the way that the 5 gigahertz band is being uh, considered the, the strategic way forward and it really is now the band of choice that you should be considering when deploying enterprise networks 2.4 gigahertz is very much second-class citizen uh, much lower quality of service uh, that you can offer around that so when we're considering deploying a wireless LAN network we need to take the frequency bands into consideration we need to think do my Wi-Fi clients support the 5 gigahertz band maybe we're going to be purchasing new uh, wireless clients to operate on the network we need to ensure that they provide support for 5 gigahertz if we're going for lower cost devices you may be fine that they only support 2.4 gigahertz uh, on their wireless adapters it's certainly worth checking and obviously we need to make sure that the wireless access points that we're deploying will support 5 gigahertz generally enterprise level wireless access points will support both 5 gigahertz and 2.4 gigahertz which you can um, support at the same time you've got two radios built into them one for 5 gigahertz one for 2.4 gigahertz but it's essential that they have the 5 gigahertz support the only time you generally won't see that is if someone is deploying uh, very low quality maybe consumer grade access points which really shouldn't be deployed in an enterprise environment so that's pretty much it for the end of this episode. Just a very quick summary of what we've covered in this module. Uh, this is the end of module two now. So we took a, a very quick look at what do we mean by RF. We went over the concepts of direct current, alternating current, and how an alternating current is transformed into a radio frequency signal. We talked about uh, electric waves, magnetic waves, and how they combine to form uh, an electromagnetic signal. We talked a little bit about the RF RF spectrum, we talked about the different bands within the spectrum, things like the low frequency band, the medium frequency band, short wave bands, uh, and covered, covered what they mean and the types of frequency ranges that they covered. We had a brief look at some key RF concepts, we talked about the coverage area uh, of, a, of a signal, we talked about propagation of an RF signal, and we talked very briefly about the modulation of signal and then we went on to talk a little bit about uh, RF behavior we talked about a light bulb moment where we consider the analogy of a light bulb hanging from the ceiling and think about the behavior of the light and how that might compare to a radio frequency signal when considering wireless LAN deployments and then finally we took a very brief look at the Wi-Fi bands we talked about the 2.4 gigahertz band and the 5 gigahertz band and the importance of leveraging the 5 gigahertz band within modern wireless LAN networks. So hopefully that's been a useful summary of uh, basic radio frequency theory. It's a very important subject. It's quite tricky to get to grips with, and I'm sorry if it's a little bit of a dry subject to sit and listen to, but um, we will actually be returning to RF theory and diving in a little bit deeper uh, in a couple of episodes because this is such an important topic. 
Um, you might like to get along to the website. I'm going to post a quiz that's going to test you on your theory of RF basics. Uh, so you can get along there and have a look to see how well you can do, how much you've actually learned from listening to the uh, this particular module. Uh, please don't forget to get along to the website. Go along to wififorbeginners.com uh, and you can find the audio for all of the episodes that have been posted. You can find the slides that accompany the series. You can do the online quizzes. And I've also posted um, some useful resources uh, such as books and other learning material that you might like to have a look at in your ongoing journey to learn more about wireless LANs. And uh, also there's some information posted there about uh, the uh, CWNP program, the Certified Wireless Network Professional program, which I uh, wholeheartedly recommend you take a look at uh, and perhaps look at doing some of the certification qualifications on there to expand your knowledge of uh, wireless LAN networking. Anyway, thank you very much for joining me. I hope this episode has been of some value for you and uh, look forward to joining you again on the next episode of the Wi-Fi for Beginners podcast.